welcome. You are listening to OPOD's Occupational Health Podcast. This is a podcast series by the Occupational Health Clinics for Ontario Workers, where we discuss the challenges of current and emerging trends in occupational health and offer effective prevention strategies to empower workers. Welcome to this podcast, The Dangers of Silica in the Workplace. I'm your host, Megan Friesen, occupational hygienist with OCOW, and I'm joined today with my coworker, Kate Whitkey, Client Services Coordinator, who supports the new Ontario Silica Control Tool. This podcast will focus on silica exposure and prevention strategies through the Ontario Silica Control Tool. Today, we'll be discussing this between Megan, a registered occupational hygienist and specialist in this field, and me, a worker who is still learning about the dangers of silica. So Megan, to start us off, I wanted to hear about the dangers of silica since I've been hearing a lot about it recently and the fact that it can be harmful to workers. So what is silica exactly? Silica is a naturally occurring mineral that is the basic component in rock and sand. Silica is found in many construction materials like gravel, concrete, brick, stone, mortar, granite, glass, and ceramics. There are many different types of silica but the most commonly known form is quartz. And then what makes it dangerous to workers specifically? Well, crystalline silica is a known human carcinogen. The International Agency for the Research on Cancer classifies crystalline silica as a group one carcinogen. This means that it's known to cause cancer in humans. The inhalation of airborne dust containing that crystalline silica can result in various illnesses, including lung cancer, silicosis, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, pulmonary fibrosis, and other illnesses. Most notably, silicosis is marked by a shortness of breath and impaired lung function, which may give rise to complications that can eventually result in death. I've heard a lot about lung cancer and COPD, but silicosis seems to be a big issue when it comes to the inhalation of silica. I mean, the name of the disease sounds like the word silica. What is it exactly? Silicosis is a lung disease caused by inhaling crystalline silica dust, usually over the course of many years. Over time, that exposure to silica particles causes scarring in the lungs, which can harm your ability to breathe. Chronic silicosis is the most common. Symptoms may not appear for a long period of time, usually more than 10 years, and may progress and worsen over a period of many years. Accelerated silicosis is similar to chronic silicosis. However, it develops more quickly, and the lung scarring will show up sooner. Accelerated silicosis can develop when exposure to silica dust occurs over a short period of time. Nodules may appear on a chest x-ray five years after the first exposure to silica, and the disease can quickly worsen. Acute silicosis is a lung disease that develops rapidly. Only a few months may elapse from the first time of the first exposure to the onset of symptoms, which can include progressive shortness of breath, fever, cough, and weight loss. There can then be a rapid progression of respiratory failure, usually resulting in death within one to two years. Besides silicosis, occupational silica exposure has also been linked to pulmonary tuberculosis, sarcoidosis, and rheumatoid arthritis. I didn't realize there were that many types of silicosis. So if silica is found in sand and rock, does that mean I need to be worried about doing everyday activities like going to the beach, for example? No. Uh, Silica may be found in sand, but going to the beach and sitting on sand is unlikely to cause any harm. This is because the size of a grain of beach sand is much larger than the respirable fraction of silica dust. B 
Beach sand is around one to two millimeters in size, whereas the small size silica dust that can be inhaled into the lungs is measured in micrometers, so 1,000 times smaller. It is the very fine airborne silica dust that can be harmful. This is known as the respirable fraction. That makes sense since the sand particles are too big. But if I can't be exposed to silica by sitting on a sandy beach, then how can a worker be exposed to silica? Silica is one of the most common airborne hazards on a work site, particularly in the construction, oil and gas, mining, manufacturing, and agricultural industries. As previously mentioned, silica is one of the most basic components in sand and rock and is present in the majority of construction materials like concrete, ceramic tiles, brick, floor leveling compounds, and concrete blocks. The presence of silica in these products is not dangerous as is, but when those products are broken down or cut, demolished, or disturbed, dust is created. That dust is rendered airborne, and it then can be inhaled. Do we know which workers are most likely to be exposed to silica dust? Yes, a Canadian team of researchers and specialists investigating carcinogenic exposure estimates that approximately 429,000 Canadians are occupationally exposed to silica. 94% of these workers identify as male, and the largest industry exposed is construction, where specialty, trade contractors, building construction industry, and heavy and civil engineering construction industry account for nearly 70% of exposed workers. Wow, that is a lot of Canadians. Does that mean certain job sectors are more susceptible to silica exposure compared to others? Yes, when exposure is broken down by occupation, the largest exposed groups are the construction trade laborers at around 133,000 workers exposed, heavy equipment operators at around 46,000 workers exposed, plasterers and drywallers at around 30,000 workers exposed, and plumbers sitting at around 24,000 workers exposed. And then what are the health effects to these workers in terms of occupational silica exposure? When silica dust is made small enough to enter the deeper lung region, it can damage the alveoli. The alveoli are tiny sacs inside of your lungs, which allow for the oxygen exchange process to occur. This is the real issue. So imagine these tiny sacs in the lungs being damaged and the lung tissue then begins to thicken. Oxygen can no longer effectively be transported from the lung into your bloodstream. You can no longer breathe effectively. This is the scary part of silica exposure. Around 570 lung cancers are attributed to occupational silica exposure each year. This amounts to about 2.5% of all lung cancers diagnosed annually in Canada. Most occupational lung cancers associated with crystalline silica occur among workers in the construction sector. Oh, uh, that makes me think. When I was working for the city during the summers, I did work with asphalt quite a bit. Can you give us some examples of tasks or activities that could expose a worker to silica dust? Yes, silica dust is generated during work activities or tasks such as, and I'll give a few examples, chipping, hammering, and drilling of rock, the crushing, loading, hauling, and dumpage of rock, sawing, hammering, drilling, grinding, chipping of concrete or masonry structures, the demolition of concrete and masonry structures, dry sweeping or pressurized air blowing of concrete, rock, or sand dust, road construction, sweeping and cleaning, dismantling of equipment, and tunneling, excavation, and earth movings of soils with high silica content. Silica is also used as an abrasive, insulator, and filler in a number of different industries. Effectively, any process that breaks 
a silica containing material into a fine dust can expose workers. Okay, so what you're saying is that a worker should not be breathing in silica dust. Does Ontario have limits or are there any legal limits to which a worker can be exposed to? Absolutely. Employers are required to limit the exposure of workers to a specified hazardous chemical agent in accordance with the values set out in Table 1 of Regulation 833. This regulation lists out all the occupational exposure limits for a variety of chemical and biological agents. The current exposure levels for specifically for respirable crystalline silica are 0.1 milligrams per cubic meter of air for quartz and tripoli, both types of silica, and 0.05 milligrams per cubic meter of air for cristobalate, a different type of silica material. I should mention that there is a best practice standard used by occupational hygienists, which applies a lower concentration as a protective value. That best practice uses 50% of an established occupational exposure limit as an action level. This provides a more protective number used to evaluate worker protection. The new Ontario Silica Control tool uses the more protective value of 0.05 milligrams per cubic meter of air as applied to cristobalite. I've actually heard of the Ontario Silica Control tool, which is online. Could this tool help me learn about my silica exposure levels at work? Yes, it can. It's currently available to all workers and employers, and it's primarily aimed at those in the Ontario construction industry. The silica control tool is completely free. All workers and employers are able to receive full access to the tool, its associated data, and its outputs. Signing up is simple. It can be completed online in just a few minutes. Simply go to OCAO's main page or Google search Ontario silica control tool. Would I be able to use it or someone who doesn't know anything about silica? Definitely. It is designed to be used by workers, employers, and any non-experts in the construction field. The tool is designed to be easy to use, to prompt the user with simple questions, and it does not require any specialized training. It's geared towards the construction industry simply due to the data that's used to power the tool. But workers, trade persons, representatives, supervisors, managers, union representatives, and joint health and safety committees are all welcome to use it. That sounds awesome. I would love to try the tool. Are you able to explain how someone could sign up for it? Yeah, there are two ways to register for the online tool. On the tool's landing page, there are easy to complete registration buttons. Simply click on the button that best matches your needs and fill in the form. Secondly, you can email the Silica Control Tools email address and request an account. The email is onsilicacontrooltool at ocow.on.ca. And I do want to specify that you do not require a WSIB account number to gain access to the tool. Please keep in mind, it may take up to 10 business days. And once the account is set up, the user is sent an email and can log in and start using the tool right away. And now that I know how to sign up, are you also able to walk us through how the tool works? Well, the first step in using the tool is to select Start New Planning from Scratch. The online tool will begin an entry and will direct you through various pages, prompting you to enter work activity details. Most of the activity-related information needed will have drop-down menus to choose from. So here are a few key pieces of information the tool will ask you for. Your sector of work the type of construction project, what silica material is being used, the task or activity being used, the tool or power tool being used, if the work is occurring inside or outside or in a restricted area, 
and the duration of the work shift. So if the shift is more than eight hours, it allows you to specify the number of hours. This all sounds great. Does the tool display or present this information so that it's clear and understandable? Yes. After all the required information has been inputted, the tool will calculate an estimated exposure level in air of respirable crystalline silica dust. It will only take a few seconds for a dial to appear. It kind of looks like a speedometer and it will visually show you if the estimate is in the red zone or the green zone. The red zone indicates an exceedance, which is bad. And the green zone indicates an acceptable level, which is good. The tool then prompts you to select various types of controls that you should or could implement. After these selections, the tool will then recalculate the estimated exposure level, taking into account those selected controls. Again, you will see a dial showing you if the calculation falls into the red zone or the green zone. If there is any residual exposure, the tool will recommend proper respiratory protection and other personal protective equipment that you can use to control the remaining risk. Finally, all this information will be compiled and will generate your own job-specific task-based exposure control plan that can be saved in a PDF format. This is very user-friendly, but why would workers and employers want to use a tool like this? Are there benefits for both? The main benefit is to protect worker health. This is always our main priority. And it benefits the users as follows. It can help you assist in complying with the requirements of Ontario regulations related to assessing and controlling silica exposure. It can ease the burden on the employer because in some situations, it can eliminate the need for air testing. This can be particularly helpful given that air testing can, can often have challenges on construction sites due to short duration of tasks and the changing nature of activities. Overall, it allows the user to take action, reduce exposures, and to manage risk. I should also mention that in Ontario, there are two resources available to help control exposure to silica in the workplaces. The first resource is called Guide Silica on Construction Projects, which is a 33-page document available online. This guideline was prepared to raise awareness of employers and workers in the construction industry of hazards posed by silica and measures and procedures that should be taken to control these hazards. The second resource is the new Ontario Silica Control Tool. The tool is an adaptive web-based application that you can use on your phone, your laptop, or tablet. Those both sound like great resources. Are there any limitations to this tool? Yes, there, there are some limitations to consider. Uh, the tool does use the lower and more protective exposure limit in Ontario of 0.05 milligrams per cubic meter of air. Also, this tool can only consider one task at a time. This means that when reviewing the results, the user should consider adjacent tasks, which also may be occurring at the same time and creating silica dust. The tool selection options are geared towards construction, so a user may not find a task or a material that they are looking for specifically. And finally, the tool is not a replacement for professional advice or perhaps even on-site air testing as both may still be needed. Okay, thanks for explaining the tool to me. If I run into difficulty using it or have questions about it, are there any resources OCAL will be providing on this? Yes, currently one of our system partners, the Infrastructure Health and Safety Association, has a 12-minute webinar which demonstrates the tool. In addition, OCAL is planning to host weekly lunch and learns for the month of March, beginning on March 7th, which is a Thursday. During those lunch and learns, the tool will be shown and attendees can ask questions and get clarifications on how best to use the tool. 
An instructional video is also the works that will help show step-by-step -step how to navigate and complete each page of the tool. Lastly, as I've already mentioned, the tool has its own email address for any questions or comments, and that email address is onsilicacontroltool at ocow.on.ca. Well, thank you for your time, Megan. I feel a lot more knowledgeable about silica, its dangers, and how I can help prevent exposure for myself and other workers. Stay tuned for the next podcast episode, Silica in the News, which will be hosted by two OCAO occupational hygienists, Megan Friesen and Krista Thompson. Thanks for joining us. For more information about this podcast, including show notes and companion materials, go to our website, www.ohcow.on.ca. If you haven't already, subscribe to our podcast channel to ensure you receive notification of our latest episode. As well, check us out on Twitter and Facebook. Thank you for joining us.